Good day, tea baggers. Mike Hal here. Don't worry, it's not a clip show. I'm here to encourage you to listen to the fully produced radio play that immediately follows the standard end of the show. This will make more sense after you've heard this all new episode of TOFOP. We hope you enjoy the production, and, as always, thank you for listening. The following episode of TOFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. Hi. We're in our, in our office. Our office. In our office. Ah, yes. It's working. I mean Tofop Enterprises. <laughs> Tofop Industries. We're in the uh, headquarters of Tofop Industries. Yeah. Underneath is mostly the R&D. That's where all the major work is going on. But we've moved out of the pod cave. Yeah. Tippy, my cat, is in the pod cave at the moment. And yeah. we're out on my uh, new desk that I got delivered we've this been morning. bumped for a cat. Well, I've been at this house for like 10, 12 years or however long I've been living here. And my desk that whole time has actually been the previous people's desk. Ah. Yeah. So they had this- Haunted, right? They had a huge haunted desk. <laughs> that most of my comedy came from. Uh, it's people like, I've really noticed a line of fear in your comedy. What's that? Yeah. Just every now and again, my desk goes, boo. What's with this pentagram carved in blood on your desk? Why is Agent Scully here every second day? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I got a new desk delivered this morning. So this is my first desk and I'm setting up the office. So we've moved out into the office. It's nice. I like a bit of extra space here for the podcast and also for our producer, Mike Hell, because uh, it turned out that um, these sound recordings are really terrible for him in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, because it's not soundproof. No. Secondly, because it echoes really badly. Thirdly, because those We're beautiful sitting... leather chairs yeah. are the squeakiest fucking things in the oh, entire world. And quarterly. Fourthly? <laughs> what do you say? It's a fourth. Thirdly, fourthly? <laughs> and then uh, it turns out that these uh, microphones are... Way too close to each other. Because yeah. when we... Because they're omnidirectional. The Chesterfields take up most of the podcast. Right. So when Will and I are sitting, we're like... Foot to foot. Foot to foot. <laughs> Top to tail. Essentially, we, we do the podcast like ABBA. Yeah. Standing next to each other, back to each other. Yeah. We spoon occasionally. <laughs> well, Amy comes in, we're on the office floor spooning. She's like, this is the only way we can get the sound right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. But I like it. The it chairs doesn't... don't crinkle if Charlie lays on me. <laughs> and takes off his pants. Uh, no, it's good. It gives it a different dynamic. There's more space. Yep. I can look around. I can be distracted by more things. Yeah, that's good. No, so, yeah, so we're out in the, in the, pod, in the pod cave now. Yeah. Out of the pod cave into the pod office. Yeah. No, I'm digging it. You yeah. feel the different feng shui? You just touched me with your foot. Oh, it's did like I? You, Even you, now? Yeah, you missed our me. Our feet. Well, it's because now we're stretching out. Yeah, now we're in right. the lounging position. We're actually further away, yeah. but we're both in that comfortable legs out position. Yeah, you can't see. We're, we're both on banana lounges on the opposite yeah. sides of Will's office. Yeah. Actually, on the opposite sides of the pool. Yeah. Charlie's down the other end of the pool. We're two just shouting shit at each other. 
<laughs> the sound would be great. A little bounce off the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I've bought an assignment today. Mr. Anderson. Now, this is weird, Charlie, mm-hmm. what has happened, because you've come into the podcast tonight and yeah. you've handed me a script. Yeah. Like, do you want to read what's We've on? done hundreds of episodes of podcasts, and the one thing that we've never been accused of is reading from a script. Sure. Wikipedia, 75% of the time, <laughs> but a script. Never. <laughs> But you've come in with a script, and yeah. by the way, beautifully presented. Sure. Well, I mean, like you've you've gone to a little bit of effort here. This is what I would say is to the people at home, and we we should put a little picture of the front cover, perhaps on. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll upload it when this episode uh, goes yeah, down. on the website. Because firstly, I just want to. I'm going to go from the the top left hand corner, which is the natural place that most of our eye first goes. Where you've attached to mm. with this delightful little uh, what yeah. would you call that? Like a, uh, a clasp bull, or a bull, clip? small bull clip. A small bull clip. Yeah. A tiny, colourful, small book yep, from Officeworks. Very, very nice. Yeah. Very nice in the corner. And then as I go down the page, uh, underlined uh, the title of this script, Quantum Cop. Hold for applause. Written by Charlie Clawson. Based on Tofop 126, Quantum Cop, Will Anderson, Charlie Clawson, <laughs> and Justin Hamilton. Now, firstly... Unauthorized by Will Anderson or Justin Hamilton. I don't think it just counts if you just whack the other people's names up there. We, we can't do our Crocodile Dundee sequel and just go based on ideas by Paul Hogan, right? <laughs> Without running that by Paul Hogan. No, no. I, uh, I, I. This is uh, not for commercial release. Secondly, I do believe. Well, according to people who've been contacting our Facebook page, there was already a previous series called quantum cop well i think what it is is a facebook like an online series a oh, web was series it? yeah okay I, I checked it out there's a there's two things there's a book called quantum cop uh-huh. which doesn't seem to have anything to do with a bruce willis type detective going back in time and stopping crimes you know before they happen and the quantum cop web i mean series, and if it did if it was exactly about that yeah. you'd have to suspect they had that technology exactly and they'd listened to our podcast and then they'd gone back in time just to write that fucking book and i'm pretty sure there's a film called time cop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but that's you know, that like we're cop. all ripping off Time Cop. Yeah, okay. Well, essentially, based on an idea by Charlie, Justin, and Will, based on an idea by, by everybody else in science fiction history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, down the bottom, uh, copyright TOEFL. Yep. And then your address, which I will not read out on the yeah, please, on, no. on the podcast. All right. So all how right. You- now tell me what. Tell me. So obviously, using my powers of deduction, I understand that this is a script. Uh, for yeah. Quantum Cop, but what you tell me more than that because I don't know anything more than that. Right, so this is a radio, this is a, a pilot for a radio serial. Hey, a radio, is this like an old school radio serial? It certainly is. <laughs> Are we going to have to do a TOEFOP live show where we hire people to do sound effects live on stage? John oh, Deeks. We should do that. Copyright, Will and Charlie. <laughs> John, at Nick. our next live, live one where we can get John D. He fucking, we give him coconuts. We give him the whole sound effects. Yeah, he, he crunch celery. Live sound effects. Of course, that's what we have to do, Charlie. That's amazing. All right, there Every we go. Every time I think, oh, we should write this down, <laughs> I remember that- This is being recorded. Usually? Usually we usually. record this. <laughs> Sometimes we should write it down. Uh, if we wrote it down every podcast when the podcast didn't record we could just send out the notes well this I, I don't know actually I've just been kicking this around in my head because uh, it, it tickled a lot of people's fancy quantum cop and I must admit it tickled Charlie I, it made me laugh a lot and I got very inspired by all the artwork that people sent to us so 
I had a couple of weeks holiday. I wasn't working last two weeks. I was down in Melbourne. You'd already seen some concept art, basically. I'd seen some concept That's art. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like a director totally. putting together, like, just like this Proof is how, of concept. This is how it'll feel. Yeah, Here exactly. are some images and stuff just to give you a sense of the world I'm trying yeah. to inhibit. And so for me, because there was, uh, in the original discussion, we said that Quantum Cop is a fictional show set in the 80s in which a Bruce Willis type right. plays a, like a blue collar uh, cop who gets sent back in time to prevent crimes before they happen. So that's yep. the premise I'm working on. Yep. Not the Channing uh, Tatum reboot, uh, you know, 15 years later with uh, Rachel McAdams. No, no, This okay. is the original. So this is the original Set series. in the 80s. Okay. It's set in the 80s, but he's come back from where? No, no. He is, it starts in the 80s. He, it, it, the whole the series takes place in the 80s. Well, it starts in the 80s. Hang on, but when is he being sent back in time from? The 80s. So it's 1986 when oh. we're introduced to this cop. So it's literally like in the era of Quantum Leap, Misfits of Science, that kind of, like, you know, 80s sci-fi TV. Major network TV. Yeah, but if he's a quantum cop who's been sent back in time, is he being sent back in time from the 80s? Yes. Oh, to other times. Yes. Okay, that's yeah, all yeah. I was yeah, asking. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yes. Because yeah, yeah. I, I honestly thought you were pitching a series about a guy who lived in the 80s who was sent back to other years in the 80s. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I love oh, it. Hang on. <laughs> all right. Is that the first note? That's amazing. <laughs> he can only get sent back to back other... In his own decade. Yeah. 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 And he's born in, and it's 1982. <laughs> so basically, you're saying going to 1981? Yes. 1980? No. Doesn't count. Uh, no, so that's the idea. So this is a show that you would see probably 9.30. Channel 9 would have showed it 9.30 on a Saturday night okay. in 1987. So right. you know what I'm talking about. Family That kind of, yeah. Like Renegade. Oh, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. So, yeah, yeah. L- L- Lorenzo Lamar would have been attached in some way. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, so I guess the best way to read it is, do you want to read the big print, which is the stage direction? Okay, sure. And so I don't know if this is actually possible, but Mike Hal, um, there's a couple of things that you might be able to add to this to enhance it. For instance, um, this is the opening credits of the series that I've written first. So I don't know if there's some kind of 80s track you want to put behind this, you know, we'll let you know when to fade it out. All right, brilliant. A pounding synth, heavy 80s theme kicks in. So it's like a... Something like that. You're not going to start beatboxing again, are you, Charlie? Okay. The narrator says, Detective Joe Tripper was a good cop with a bad attitude. I mean, that's great. I've got to say already. Am I allowed to add editorial comments? Yeah, no, no, because we're workshopping it, yeah. All right, cool. I would say, firstly, Joe Tripper. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I slaved over that. Yeah. Like you put it in the yeah. name. There's your clue, idiots. Because <laughs> that was what the 80s was all about. You didn't want to make them think too much. Like you had to have a name that suited. I Googled top 20 action hero names. Right. And was taken through, like, you know, there's uh, 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 John, John Spartan from Demolition Man. And they always have the most ridiculous sounding names. I was like, Joe Tripper. It's like just enough that it. Sounds like it could be a real name, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, and it also implies that he's going to take some sort of trip. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing about it that I like is that it also, like, it kind of goes, ooh, but is he a tripper? Like, is yeah. this like a oh, yeah, words yeah, yeah. of, like, you know? Because college kids smoking pot would right. love this show as well. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Joe Tripper. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Bill and Ben the Flower Pop Man, right, Joe guys? Tripper is a tripper, man. Right. Do you see? Tripper is a he's tripper. He's a tripper that's of the, the body and the mind. Do you get it, man? <laughs> You gotta watch Quantum Gop. It's the best. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. So I'll do the uh, the narrator intro again. Okay. okay. Detective Joe Tripper was a good cop with a bad attitude. Police chief's office. So this is the police chief. Destruction of property, excessive force. What am I supposed to tell the DA? Okay. Brilliant. I mean, 
He's a guy who doesn't play by the rules. That's yeah. what I'm getting about Joe Trooper already, right? Yeah, yeah. And his chief, he wants him to play by the rules. <laughs> I like it. Destruction of property, excessive force. What am I supposed to tell the DA? Joe. Tell him you're welcome. <laughs> already my favorite show on television. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, Charlie. Already my favorite show on television. Narrator. Okay, narrator. Recruited into a top secret government program, he must go back in time and stop the most notorious crimes in history before they happen. Uh, Pause. Charles. Charles. Now, that sentence doesn't make sense, does it? To go back in, to go back in, uh, go back in time and stop the uh, most notorious crimes in history before they happen. I wanted to write something that was slightly nonsensical, right? Because it has the kind of make yeah, no sense. It's like a tautology or something. Is it slightly nonsensical? Well, the, here's what I would say first. Gotta love a top secret government program. Yeah. I like I, for me already. I'm in. As soon as a t- top secret government program, is alias. In, I mean the A team. Yeah, I, I even think yeah anything that's only on a top secret mission or they've been banned by the government or anything like that. Love it. I want to know because I want to know what's been going on there. Uh, he must go back in time and stop the most notorious crimes in history before they happen. Yeah. Now there's something about before they happen. It's a bit doesn't make sense, right? Because he's going. Are you already saying he's going back in time to stop crimes before they happen, or does it make perfect sense? It makes, but well, in the context of the show, it makes perfect right, sense. We'll leave it. In as much as the conceit of this show makes any sense. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Next scene. All right. Uh, science laboratory or laboratory, depending on where you're from. Uh, FX sound effects. Uh, sound effects. Eighties uh, computer sounds. Electric engine gaining speed. So now, what, you, what sort of engine? What's so that, what you're hearing in the background is like, doo, 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 and you're hearing like an I engine's got, building. Okay, I got it. good. And a computer voice says, "Temporal access initiated." And then uh, Professor Labco is that his real name? Good luck, detective. We're all counting on you. Oh, so is he, is he a comical character, Charlie? Is this character? What do you no, think? No, he's more Professor like Professor Labcoat. What more, is he? He's more like Doc Brown. He's more, no, he's more like the uh, dad from Punky Brewster. Right. All, <laughs> all punky, you know. Like, <laughs> good luck, detective. We're all counting on you, or something like that. I haven't, okay. I haven't worked that out yet. All right, Professor Labcoat. Joe. Story of my life. Uh, uh, sound effects. Joe unzipping his pants <laughs> and taking off his clothes. People gasp. Hang on, who are the people? The other like scientists in the lab. Oh, there's other scientists. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I didn't yeah. realise that this was full of... Because, oh, yeah. I mean, they're about they're to They're getting ready to send in through time. Yeah, so, so everybody's gathered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, hey, you know what, guys? All right. Okay, so in the first effect, I should right. add people in the background. Yeah, like, people, people chatter in the background. Yeah, excited, from... excited uh, science babble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great podcast, <laughs> excited science babble. <laughs> okay, so we'll take it back a bit. So Okay. Good luck, detective. We're all counting on you. Story of my life. Uh, unzipping of the pants, taking off his clothes, people gasp. Oh, uh, what are you doing? i got to be naked to travel through time, right? We hear another scientist snickering in the background. <laughs> Blast you, Neil. Would you stop telling them all that? <laughs> <laughs> Bit of comedy. Neil, nice one. Zing. Uh, secondly, uh, I, li- I like that it sets up Charlie. Yeah. That there's been others. Yes. Right? Yes. This not is not the first saying. time. Cop. It's not the first. Uh, quantum cop. Quantum. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. Tape up. <laughs> Nothing like quantum cop. John Van Damme, if you're listening, we said, we said quantum cop. Quantum cop. Okay. Joe. Okay, let's go. Time is running out. 
And why don't you read this next bit? You can be Professor Labcoat for this. So okay. Joe says, okay, let's go. Time is running out. On the contrary, detective, <laughs> I think you'll find where you're going that time is running in. That makes no sense. <laughs> uh, sound effects. Electric zap as Joe is sent back in time. Now, this is a girl. You can play the girl if you like. This Sookie? is Suki. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Detective Tripper is in the time stream. An, al- oh, an alarm blares. Uh, yeah, sorry. An alarm blares. What's wrong? It's becoming unstable. We're losing him. What the hell is going on? Now, trapped in shifting timelines, Joe has no choice but to complete his mission, guided from the present by the voice of Dr. Suki Blair. We're going to get you home, Joe. Oh, so hang on. Oh, hang Background, on. 70, San, 70 San Francisco. <laughs> uh, we're going to get you home, Joe. Sounds great, lady. But first, I got to find the Zodiac Killer. How are you going to do that? <laughs> hang on. Let me turn the page. <laughs> by using some old-fashioned detective work. And assuming that everyone is a Zodiac killer. Um. Sound effects. Joe running up to a random man on the street. Are you the Zodiac killer? <laughs> what? Maybe a punch in the nuts will refresh your memory. <laughs> <laughs> the man groans. Jesus, who are you? And the theme swells. Opening credits montage. Gunshots. Ho- uh, horse hoofs. Tires screeching. Medieval sword fight. World War I. Suggesting that we're seeing Joe through all these different time right. periods. Joe Tripper is Quantum Cup. Theme ends. Michael, Michael, cut it out there. Now, do you feel like that's too comical? We like. Do you feel like yes, him punching the... people in the nuts is like? I mean, have we sent an idiot back in time? Have <laughs> yes. we found the stupidest guy in the world and sent him back in time? Is that the premise? Why don't we keep reading? <laughs> okay. So the theme. So the theme ends. So if you were watching this TV show in 1987, you've just seen the opening credits. Now we. Why faded. is it that it started as a Bruce Willis film and it's already turned into an Adam Sandler film? That's. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the theme ends and this, the first scene starts with an electric zap. Bzzzt. Suki, what's going on? I'm inside a theater with a bunch of stiffs in suits. You're in the Ford Theater, Washington, D.C., April 14, 1865. That's supposed to mean something to me. Step aside, Yankee. <laughs> okay. Joe, that was John Wilkes Booth. He's on his way to shoot Lincoln. Story of my life. What? <laughs> Cut to President's Box. Okay. Uh, yeah, sound effects. Actors on stage in the background. Now, I'll be Abraham Lincoln. Okay. You can be Mary Todd. Lincoln. Okay, sure. Well, no, where are the... <laughs> I'm going to let me channel my Lincoln. Oh, well, how did Daniel Day-Lewis do it? It was a kind of high voice because Lincoln had a high... Now, where is that goddamn waiter with my snacks? Hush now with that cussing, Abe. <laughs> it's not gone with the wind. <laughs> it's not very presidential. Sound effects. The curtain is thrown back. Four score and seven years ago, I gave my order. Now where the fuck is my popcorn? Wait, you're not the waiter. No, I'm John Wilkes Booth. Six Semper Tyrannosus. Ho- Tyrannus. <laughs> Tyrannus. Tyrannosaurus. I hope that's Latin for take me to jail. Uh-huh. <laughs> we hear Joe, Joe tackle John Wilkes Booth. Unhand me, Yankee. Don't worry, Mr. President. I got this. Sound effects. Gunshot. Screaming. 
Abe! That's Marianne saying Abe. Lincoln says, Jesus, rim jobbing Christ, he shot my dick off. Get the president to a hospital. That's a bodyguard, number one. Bodyguard two. Find his dick. Make sure you don't leave without the president's dick. Sound effects. Rat squeaking. Uh, that rat has its in it. That rat has it in its mouth. Quick, after it. Sound effects. Lincoln's entourage. I feel like this wasn't my original vision for Quantum. <laughs> outside. Like. Music interstitial. So this is like okay. the uh, the epilogue. Right. Well, Suki, give me some good news. Sound effects. Computer beeps. Congratulations, Joe. You've created a new timeline in which Lincoln goes on to ensure world peace for centuries to come. And he had a new penis made out of brass and oak. Too bad I won't be around to see it. The centuries of peace or the penis? The peace. Sure, yeah, whatever. Sound effects. Electrical zap building. (laughs) Prepare for temporal displacement, detective. Story of my life. Oh, I get it now. That's your catchphrase, isn't it? Let me try one. How about... And she's cut off by the end of credits there. <laughs> Put that in there, Mike Al. Look, I mean... <laughs> I don't, I, look, I don't want this podcast to be a place where, you know, you feel like there's anything, such a thing as a bad idea. So, yeah. I mean, look, there's some good stuff there. I feel like the studio will have some notes. It's maybe not the direction the character's originally we're going in yeah I imagine we're currently having one of these things where if you were Zack Snyder <laughs> but we're like he hates Superman but we've paid him all this fucking money so I guess we have to let him make it I mean so you saying... I feel like you hate Quantum Cop <laughs> I feel like you don't actually understand what Quantum Cop is really about you know that he like is on the run as much from his own life in the 80s as he is you know trying to fix other people's problems he's really trying to fix his own problems yeah we, you can, know? we can get to that but you got to get him with a big opening episode I don't know I feel like you've made them hate Quantum Cop because he just seems like a fucking to moron go and punch people in the <laughs> punches nuts. people in the nuts and then says he's shitty catchphrase I mean it doesn't like, he's an idiot. He was tricked into taking his clothes off, despite the fact that every single other person who's ever been through this process has had the same practical joke played on them. What, he didn't do any research? Didn't watch the tapes of any other fucking launch? No. He's gone into this sight unseen, no fucking research done, taking his clothes off, landed in a different era, doesn't know when the president was murdered, because he's a fucking moron. He's punching guys in the nuts because he believes that's old-fashioned police work. He has one friend in the world, Suki who he fucking hates. Like, I mean, come on. You've made him an idiot. you made him a dunce. You've reduced you know what? him Every, to something that he wasn't meant to be. He was meant to be about... I hate about was... him. I love him. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> All right. You've got me, to show both give sides. Me your, give me your pitch. Quantum cop. Quantum All right. cop. Okay. Uh, I, I'm happy to use the same ingredients. All right? Like, yeah. we'll just use the same ingredients. But... Yeah. Um, they need a volunteer for the Quantum Cop program, right? Yeah. And it's uh, Bruce Willis decides to do it because he's got nothing left for Joe him. Joe Tripper. Joe Tripper. Detective Joe oh, Tripper. Oh, so we keep that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. It started great. <laughs> like I said, Detective Joe Tripper uh, is actually, the first time you see him, you don't know He's a police detective. He's at like a Burning Man style festival, whatever yeah. the 80s equivalent of Burning Man is, right? You see this like scene that's like going down. So you assume that this guy in the middle of it who's on this kind of like, like 
you know, he's like in a Indian tent on a, like a spiritual journey or something like that. And like, but there's a scene in there where he has to reveal to someone that he's a cop. Like at some stage he flashes his badge or something like that. And you realize that he's a cop and you're like, I don't know what this character is. Uh, there's this new program, the, the quantum cop program, because he's lost everything. He's lost his family and he believes it was all his fault right? There's something that later will be revealed that it was actually like a setup and it wasn't his fault that his family got killed and whatever. And it was really just the manipulation to get him into the quantum cop program. But at the time, How we won't know that. that in six pages. No, no, no. But this is like later. Oh, I'm telling oh, you, this is your premise. This is my premise. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Sorry. No, this yeah. is just the premise. of <laughs> so like, like, holy shit. That's like three hours of backstory. No, no, no. The backstory okay. will come later, but you've got to know your backstory when sure. you go into your initial story. Sure, so sure, it makes sure. sense, right? Okay. You, you just see this guy who's been on this spirit tripper. He's been tripping. And the reason he's been tripping, he's trying to discover his meaning in life because his yeah. family's dead. Right. Yeah. And then they gets offered this thing. A little he's, bit of Frank Castle. Right. And then his friend comes. a little bit of Jim Morrison. And then the friend comes to him and he says, uh, there's a secret government program. Ram, and you can go back in time. I told you, you weren't able to, he wasn't able to save his family, but he might be able, able to save, save yours. Someone else's, yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. Right. So, you're right so I, I told you the idea of naming the program, but I thought I wouldn't because it's kind of, I like it that it's a bit sort of mysterious. Like, I don't think, would you name what the program is no. called? Like, no it's, secret, no, it's a secret government program. Yeah, no names. It's yeah. blacklist. Oh, it can have like, maybe even a, like a code name or whatever, Redacted. but it doesn't have like a... <laughs> it's called redacted. It's like, why are you calling it that? Because it's so top secret. Right. We've already redacted it. Right. <laughs> it's called Google because it's set in the 80s and it isn't invented yet. So we claim it. Fuck you, Google. We own Google. Is that how it works? <laughs> so uh, that's his backstory. He gets recruited, into, but this is the, the premise that we later reveal is that the guy. Sorry, the, the guy who came to him uh, to get him into the program, he was the person who was responsible for his family uh, being killed. Right? Yeah, right. This is like, yeah. And he's sending him back yeah. because he knows with Joe Tripper off the scene, he won't get caught. Right. So he sends the him- only detective who can take him down. Yeah. His massive operation like yeah. that he's been building up behind the scenes through this secret organization yeah. is the only person who can expose him. Yeah is Joe Tripper. So he had his family killed and then he, get, he sends him back in time because he knows that the quantum cock program, which has been used before. I like that bit. I like the fact that there's been people before. Mm. I'm perhaps even willing to do the naked scene. <laughs> I feel like if we balance it with enough like drama, we can still make the naked scene work. I still right. think that's a funny beat. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Okay, so... He feels like he has no choice. He doesn't realize he's being set up and he sent, gets sent back in time. And you know. then the friend sabotages the system, whatever the portal is. Yeah. Well, the idea is, right, that... Because why would it Because he's fail? been set this pro- like thing of going, if you do these things for us, we will let you go back in time and save your family. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, what yeah. he's been promised, right? Yeah. So he's, like, he's doing all these missions in the hope that at some stage he will be able to like, save his own family. Yes. Yes. Right? No, that's good. That's good yeah, setup. okay. So that's like the setup. So then his, his reason to get back yeah. is to stop this guy. Yeah. Well, eventually, he will discover through the series when he thought he was like solving all these things, he wasn't really. Right. This oh, was so it. he doesn't know straight away that he's been set up? No. Suki gets in the information. Yeah, I mean, but I'm talking, this is like series five or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, when it's revealed that he's be- who you thought was his best oh, mate yeah, this whole yeah, time. Yeah, his watch Was actually the, and the reason. Professor Labcoat. And the reason that Professor Labcoat has sent these people back in time. Yeah, see, then you can play him goofy and lovable yeah, at the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turns out that he was actually the 
like if Jar Jar Binks was actually the Darth Vader, you know, character, yeah, you play him goofy at the start, but you realize after a while that he's also not only all these things that he thought were good missions have actually put in place things for him in the future. He's been capitalizing on yeah, yeah. the changed environment and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. So, so his he traveled lab coats traveled through time. Maybe no. He's the- you don't think you can't, can't, Lab Coat's mouse and the technology to send you back, but he doesn't know. You, you can't ever get them back to the. That's been the flaw. Oh, right. But he doesn't tell uh, or, Trooper that. Or, or he can master two way travel, but he went through first, laid all his paths to all his seeds to success in like, you know, the 70s or whatever. Like he started Google or whatever it was he needed to get to this point in time, then came back through and claimed not be able to get people back so he would send people through and then disable whatever mechanism it was to get them back oh yeah you can just, get them back but he just, just otherwise because otherwise to that, get them out of the way yeah but would that work though but that person in a different time period would eventually let someone know who could come back to the present and stop no them. because they don't know no one knows oh, that he sabotaged the thing that's the trick yes right. right they're expecting they're getting back right yeah, yeah. okay yeah that's good he's the big bad reveal yeah. of season five yeah if we get that many so what Why? about so Lincoln getting okay. shot in the dick? <laughs> you know what? We could make it work, but I just don't think we have to go broad comedy. I think we can still make the dick scene work because that, to me, can still be funny, right? <laughs> like there can still be an element of him, like you know, interrupting things with comical results. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln gets shot in the dick, <laughs> and like, and that can be the thing because when he changes history, yeah. it's not like oh. everything just goes. My idea is that. Because he's essentially a, a time refugee. Right. He can't come to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as he doesn't come on a boat. Yeah. He can come on a plane. Yeah, yeah. No, because he's a time refugee, my idea is that... Uh, oh, it's it's got to be a conceit. Is that the timeline he left, every time he changes history or whatever, he sets off an alternate timeline that Suki from the present monitors and tells him, kind of like what like you know, Dean Stockwell did. In yeah, and I guess yeah, yeah. like a quantum physics Yeah, thing. but she... For some reason, but it doesn't alter the timeline he's just come from for whatever reason. So when he, you know, has Lincoln shot in the dick and Lincoln goes on to become, you know, established world peace, that doesn't affect the timeline that Sookie is talking to him from. I reckon that's a separate timeline. So he essentially creates new timelines. I like that as a conceit for the show because it means that you can play out the results. Should, can I let the dog No, because no, okay. uh, Ramona has to stay out. Because okay, right. uh, poor Ramona. She used to be the co-host of this podcast and oh, now she's like locked out of my office. I know. She's there by the, the door going, hang on. More emotion. This is ridiculous. I know. This yeah. must be terrible. This must be like <laughs> Jennifer Aniston getting sat next to Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she's that like, used to be me. used to be what? You guys aren't even in that room anymore that I used to go into. Uh, yeah, no, Tippy's living in the office now, so yeah, Ramona right. doesn't have to come in anymore. Uh, yeah, that works then. Yep. I like so, that. So separate timelines. Because then we can see? play it out. Like in the episode, like, you know, at the end, like Suki can have that kind of like whatever way she monitors it, right? And we can actually see how the fictional world, but we don't have to deal with all the fucking time travel connotations yeah. of... Yeah, like, you get too much explaining well, to do. But firstly, the minute you change the world, the minute Lincoln lives, yeah. the entirety of the rest of history is affected by that. So yeah. like then you can't have a modern day present that remains any way even fucking recognisable because it no. just wouldn't be. No, You never know what would have happened if Lincoln had lived. It could have been a completely different fucking world. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I mean, there all... is some, but there is some fun in that because essentially what you could start after you've knocked off all the kind of, um, classic crimes in history. So after you do two seasons of Jack the Ripper and JFK and stuff like that, what you can then do is he starts 
moving into alternate timelines. So now he's like the whatever the computer goes on the fritz or whatever. And now he gets to start the timelines that he didn't originate at. So he could end up in like alternate Europe, you know, if Hitler had won or he ends up in some different timeline. So then you can sort of take it to a bit more of a science fiction direction later on. I really love that. Like, so he could, it could be the opposite. And, and then we could have a comical twist. What if, like, say, for example, in an episode, he goes to a universe where John Lennon lived, mm. but he started making really shitty music. <laughs> and he then he feels like his responsibility is killing John Lennon before he makes more <laughs> shitty music. <laughs> or it turns out that the dude who shot John Lennon was another time cop <laughs> who had seen the music <laughs> that he was going to make. That's awesome. <laughs> Or maybe he discovers what like if a all, conspiracy. he discovers that like it's Lee Harvey Oswald and all those guys weren't terrible people. Like when he goes back to cops. stop some of those crimes, he realizes that yeah. like JFK was actually killed by Lee Harvey Oswald because he was about to do something well, terrible. Well, they always said like, that no one could fire off that many shots the amount of time he had to get it. You know unless who could? you could control time, right? Uh, yeah, a quantum cop could. Because you got to have lots We've of lines in the show. Yeah. <laughs> quantum cop. But there's got to be, you got to have lots of those uh, times running out kind of cliches where he has to be reminded constantly that he's got control of all time. Yeah, exactly. If only I had more time, time's running out, we don't have time for this. Why well, detective? In each of the places he lands, he only has a limited amount of time that he can be in one As place. As monitored by Sookie. Sookie's yeah. the constant. Yeah, but I think that there's some sort of like, I mean, the good thing about Quantum Leap was like, I guess he just leapt when the mission was accomplished, right? So it's kind of... I think there's like for him, like because it's about time, quantum time. <laughs> it's about quantum time. No, but there should be some limit. He's only in each place for like, he has to get everything done in like 48 hours or whatever. Yeah. 48, 48 hours. So he's always on the clock, you know, yeah, to yeah. like solve the crime or do the thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, the, it's always the nth moment before the thing happens. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. So does that mean then if he's moving into... Like if we move him into alternate timelines, do we do we then bring him back to our timeline at different points, or once you jump into that kind of alternate timelines, I think that feels like a different flavor of show. So you got to keep it going in that direction. Well, I think maybe the thing is that like maybe the thing they say to him at the start is you can't actually fix our world because we don't know what the ramifications of it will be. Well, we're gonna... But what we've managed to do is there's a way that we can send you like yeah back, and you can go to like you can change timelines for other. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's timeline. at the end of season two, maybe. I think you could set up something. <laughs> season two, fucking dickheads. Se- 15 minutes ago, we just read a fucking radio play in which Lincoln gets shot in the dick. Now what we're we talking do- about What are we doing in season two? two? Yeah. I've already nailed the season five twist. So what are we doing in season two? <laughs> this is how bloody bad robot works, right? Right, yeah. This is, this is how they did Lost. They came up with the bit where they're all at that weird purgatory first and then... <laughs> work backwards. Work backwards. Reverse engineer it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon you could set up something that... So, you know, his goal of season two or whatever it is, is to, uh, you know, he's going to get his wife back or, you know, he's going to... He's given a clue that he can actually yep. stop his wife from being killed. And you think it's going to happen because it seems like, you know, that's the perfect way to end the season. Right. You know, he battles his whole way. When he gets to that moment, he can't. For whatever conceit it is, he can't save his wife. Right. It just it defies the laws of time travel or whatever it is. Yep. And so he has that sort of point, but then Sookie's the one who reminds him, look, sure, you couldn't save it, but there's other timelines and other people to save. So it's too painful for him to stay in that his timeline. So he goes to other timelines. He doesn't be reminded. There you go. 
I mean, maybe that's the end of season one. I think that could be a real, like, I mean, you could do the whole first season as what people thought was a traditional one-way thing. And then you get to the end of the first season, you promise them the big, and he gets to like go to his wife and everyone's like, oh, well, this is weird that it came so early. Because normally in a show like that, they'd stretch that out to be the end conceit, you know, that he's going to find his way back to his wife. But we do it at the end of season one. And then he's get that done with. And then he's done. And then yeah. in season two, it's kind of almost like a reboot of the show where you, like it's too painful to be his own, but he can go off into these other timelines and change theirs. Budget just went up fucking 10 million an episode. Right. <laughs> Fuck, I hope you got a good production designer for all your fucking alternate realities. You fuckwits. You realize we can't dress the sets with anything that you see in this current timeline. You realize how hard that is? That's why we're doing it as a radio show. <laughs> we can write whatever we want. Exactly. But then, how do you convey that? <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I you, mean, you know, but you can keep the opening. You can keep the opening because that's essentially. No, I like that play on the like the eighties bad, bad cop. Like, I think yeah. that I think we're playing with all those conceits. Have you watched anything of uh, Stranger Things yet? No, I'm looking forward to it though. Have I've been things. been enjoying it. I've only watched like uh, three episodes so far, but I've really enjoyed it. And the font is straight up Stephen King, right? It looks like the cover of a Stephen King novel. Uh, to the point where, when we were watching it, we googled, "Is this based on a Stephen King novel?" Yeah, right. Because that's Stephen King font. font. And then the, really the result I got was a tweet from Stephen King. Uh, saying watching Stranger Things is like watching the greatest hits of Stephen King. He said that. Not that that's a bad thing. No. Yeah, that's no. what. No, but that's what he said. Not that that's oh, a bad right, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's. I mean, what they've said. It's one of those shows that very self-consciously wears its influences. So the mu- the music is inspired by John Carter, and it's like very yeah that John Carter music. John and Carpenter. Uh, John Carpenter. Sorry, not John Carter. No, no, no one's inspired by John, John Carter. Carter. No, <laughs> uh, John by uh, by John Carpenter, and uh, you've got that sort of Stephen King sort of font, and it's got a sort of like Stand by Me slash sort of like I mean it's. It's it wears its influences very. I mean, there's a storyline that's essentially ET. Yeah, like, right. I mean, it wears its influences, but that's kind of the point as well. Yeah. it's one of those things that he's like honoring those things, but at the same time, kind of building on those things. And I think that's what Quantum Cop is. Yeah. It's a show that like he's honoring that kind of style of those sort of eighties like yeah. action hero shows, but he's actually kind of a bit more complex, more like a person of interest or something that like <laughs> develops into kind of a. Yeah, something. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I think. That's my <laughs> dream for Quantum Cop is that it has that sort of depth. That Charlie. and we that's don't get I'm sued saying. by the producers of Time Cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> uh, did you see that they make they've made uh, Kindergarten Cop two with Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, haven't seen anything of it. Have you? No, haven't yet. But I'm looking forward to seeing it on a plane at some stage. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm, I, I, I hope that didn't sound like that was uh, not being serious. I am looking forward to seeing it on a plane sometime. <laughs> Can't wait until on a plane. It's like Kindergarten Cop 2. I'm like, Can you uh, open up, just yeah. open up the laptop, sure. tell me what the, uh, give me the synopsis of Kindergarten Cop, oh, what the plot is? Yeah. Well, do you think it's like an extension of the first one or do you think it's just like, what's your bet? Well, I think uh, it's the same thing. It'll be an undercover agent yeah. has to go. Is it just the same thing? movie? What was, what was the premise of the first one? There was one of the kids. There was a mobster's kid or something like that. Kid. And he had to go undercover to like, uh, all right, yeah. here we go. And something about boys to... having penises and girls having vaginas. Vaginas, yeah. Uh, it's not a tumor. That was that one, Pretty right? Um, Kindergarten Cop 2 is a uh, 2016 American comedy film. I mean, optimistic, but uh, star- starring Dolph Lundgren, who made Live in My Building, and directed by Don Michael Paul. 
What's else? What else has he done? Okay, let's have a look at that. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Uh, Don Don Michael Paul is an actor, director, writer, and producer. Uh, previously, uh, he has directed Half Past Dead. Oh yeah, Steven Seagal. Lake Placid, the final chapter. Oh, well, that's not the one I was thinking of, yeah. And Tremors 5, Bloodline. <laughs> so, He's the sequel guy. Re- well, but when your sequel's about to be when you, over. When you double digits. Yeah, last, last Placid, the final chapter, and Tremors 5, Bloodline. <laughs> he's your real... When you've really run your franchise into the ground, yeah. he's your guy. Yeah. And at Kindergarten Cop, they've decided that's at number two. <laughs> He's your movie equivalent of your night watchman. He's the guy you send out to mine the franchise while you prepare a reboot. Okay, so uh, that's all we can find out about Don Michael Paul. But let's that's go a, back to... Uh, the, the, the synopses. Yeah, okay. Is there a short synopsis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very short. Okay. Uh, okay, so let me guess. Is it the same? Well, tell me. Is, is it the same as the first one? Is he an undercover cop because he's a mobster's kid? A federal agent yeah. must go undercover as a kindergarten teacher to recover a missing flash drive from the Federal Witness Protection Program. First thing I'd like to say is thank God it doesn't involve nanobots somehow. <laughs> like, that's what I thought you were going to say, is nanobot technology. All right. Flash I mean, drive I can handle. It does seem a little like that, though. Yeah. Uh, to help him with his mission is Agent Sanders, his partner. Why does he get to mention? He's the, well, he's the... Yeah, let, is he's, that played by, let me guess, is that played by Tom Arnold? Well, no, he's a, he's a, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way. This is going to sound like a, it's, a, but he's a black guy. It's like one of those classic things where like, he's the black yeah, comedy it's the guy. Yeah, the weapon formula. Yeah, but he's like, clear, oh, comic, no, he's comic the, relief. Yeah, he's very much, yeah. Is it Anthony Anderson? No, but it's, uh, no, it's a guy that none of us know, uh, okay. but very much in that pose on a poster that we all know. Wacky guy, wacky, yeah, like, wacky sidekick. If you're not really looking closely, you might be like, oh, is that Kevin Hart? Yeah, right. No, okay. no, it's not. No. <laughs> None of those guys. Is that Chris Tucker? No, but he is there, he's, the, he's in the poster with Dolph. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So he's the partner. Um, let's see if I, I can work out partner uh, in the original one. So what did I say his partner's name was? He had a female um, partner in Kindergarten Cop One. Well, at least it's an inclusive franchise. Yeah, I like that. So um, Agent Sanders. Let's see what the um, Agent Sanders. Where are you, Agent Sanders? Give me. Oh, Bill Bellamy is the name of the actor. Uh, here he is. I'm just going to show you this, like, because this photo, like, just, like... Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's every black American stand-up comedian who's seen a Chris Rock do for the <laughs> pose. <laughs> that's what he's sitting Half in. rock star, half comedian. Yeah, um, so Bill Bellamy, William Bill Bellamy, uh, who's, oh, by the way, is uh, was born in 1965. So um, he was uh, on Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam. Yep where he's credited for creating or coining the phrase a booty call. Really? So, yeah. Holy shit. So I didn't realize we were talking about royalty. So we've got Dolph Lundgren and the guy, the guy who invented. coined the phrase booty call. Wow. Yeah, all right. Okay. There you go. And I love that they've put an, ex- ex- an explanation of what booty call is, by the way. <laughs> they've got, he's credited for coining the phrase booty call, described as a late night call to a potential paramour with the intention of meeting strictly for sex. Wow. <laughs> potential paramour. Potential paramour because his Wikipedia entry was written by Oscar Wilde <laughs> or Russell Brand. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a right. potential paramour. So he's just like he's an American stand up comedian who's done a bunch of things, but nothing particularly okay. Of note. Well, I mean, look, all, all jokes aside, Will, what's the fucking plot of this blockbuster? Uh, that's it. 
a federal agent must go undercover as a kindergarten drive. teacher to recover Why? a flash drive. Why does he have to go undercover? Don't know. Doesn't no explain. other plot? No other plot. Is that's, that on Wikipedia? That's There's, Wikipedia. That's, that's all, all Wikipedia has. What, holy shit, maybe this fucking film was made by a top secret government organisation. <laughs> it's been redacted. The <laughs> plot <laughs> of Kindergarten 2, redacted. All right. Um, here we go. Uh, IMDB has a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, assigned to recover sensitive stolen data. Yeah. So there's sensitive stolen data on this flash yep, drive. From his uh, phone plan. A gruff FBI agent. Oh, yeah, he doesn't like kids. Goes undercover as a kindergarten teacher. But the school's liberal, politically correct... Oh, I like how they've updated it. <laughs> but the school's liberal, politically correct environment yeah. is more than he bargained for. Sam Newman, the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's political correctness gone mad. Yeah. Bloody perfume, perfume feces. Uh, the screenplay was written by David H. Steinberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's have a look at what he's written previously to see what his uh, pedigree is. I'm guessing Tremors 5 and Lake Placid, The Forgotten Years. Uh, he wrote American Pie 2. Oh, yeah. American Pie presents... More something. pie. More pie. <laughs> even more pie. Uh, slackers. Slackers. After school... National Lampoon's after, barely legal after school special. Is it? Like, are you straight into porn DB now? A Big Fat Liar 2. Straight to video? Okay. Oh, no, he's working on that, sorry. Right. That's in production. Oh. Um, yeah, well, it's demanded a sequel. <laughs> so many questions left unanswered by Big Fat Liar. Um, Starring Frankie Munoz. Munoz he, ha- Munoz. he wrote on Puss in Boots, but was uncredited. So, yeah, he hasn't done a lot of great, great stuff. Well, he's bloody working, mate. He's working, mate. It's not pitching fucking ideas on a podcast, is it? <laughs> radio for radio. It's not serials. pitching radio plays on a podcast. I know who the fuck who are we, we think we <laughs> Me on my high horse as we just pitched a fucking radio play. Radio well, I think we should release it on Crystal Set. Right. <laughs> you got a wax cylinder there? Quantum Cop goes back in time to find a time that this podcast was actually re- cutting edge or relevant. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, that's all you know. Oh, we've got a trailer. Hang on. Here we go. We can have a look at the trailer. This okay. Is, this is more what we need to see. Turn that round more so yeah, I can see. I will. I'm just going to actually get it to come up first because even my computer is deciding that perhaps we don't want to see the kindergarten cop trailer, but we'll, hopefully it'll come up in a second. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll just, Michael, uh, we'll just have to have a pause. Yeah. Okay, so we've started watching the trailer. Montage of cute kids in the kindergarten. It's a very modern kindergarten. He just pulled out a gun and shot a vending machine. A vending machine. And a lot of nut kicking, more than Quantum Cup, really. Kids are screaming and... Having tantrums in front of him. See? Inclusive. He seems like a dinosaur who's out of out of touch, Will. 
But I feel like he's going to teach them some important lessons, right? Yeah. About how they should shoot vending machines. Yeah. Booty call. <laughs> Who's the love interest? Oh, now here comes the like Carly Rae Jepsen breakdown bit of the trailer. Oh, he just did one of those like. Uh, he did uh, it. Uh, oh, black no, women you didn't. Yeah. But really badly. Really badly. So that's the. The comedy bit. So, um, I mean, look, you can see the formula. You can see kind of what you you know what you expect from that movie. It was a little bit more progressive than I thought. You know, like yeah, obviously there was, a, there was a thing the about the original kindergarten cop being quite dark. Was it rated M? I mean, I know no. that it was a kids comedy, but there's bits of action. I remember there was a. I mean, it was yeah. It was there was definitely like, it wasn't a kids movie. It was it. I don't think was so. Was it? All right. Now <laughs> just I'm look, it look up. up kindergarten. What was rated. I shut my computer like we were done. <laughs> like a fucking idiot who's never listened to this podcast. <laughs> like we didn't have more questions of the internet. Yeah, I just, I just want to just let me know if it was a kids film. <laughs> <The original laughs> Who directed it? Was it cop? Ivan Reitman? He's a genius. I mean, he is a genius. Tony Martin. Um, uh, Tony Martin is a genius. Okay, well, let's uh, look at uh, kindergarten cop. No, go away. By the way, the fact that we've watched... Oh, no, that's the trailer. Of something <laughs> oh, else but what you're listening to now is Will being assaulted by his computer. <laughs> Can't control it. Kindergarten Cop is a 1990 American comedy film directed by... Ivan Reitman? Genius. Yeah. Uh, distributed by Universal Pictures, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as John... Kimball. See, that's a good good action hero name. Kindergarten Kimball. Joe Tripper. John, yeah. John Kimball, yeah. a tough police detective. So he's a police detective. The other guy's a federal agent. That's yeah. the twist. Uh, who must go undercover as a kindergarten teacher to ta- catch drug dealer Cullen Crisp. Yeah. Good name. Before Crisp can get to his former Played life. Played by Hardballs. Does it say who? Richard Tyson? Oh, the human internet. Charlie Clawson, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Who was in another little film that was very popular amongst me and my friends called Two Moon Junction with a certain Sherilyn Fenn. It was one of those uh, uh, softcore films that they would play late night on Channel 9. While undercover, Kimball discovers his passion for teaching yeah. and considers changing his profession to become an educator. Pamela Reed plays his partner, Pamela Phoebe Reed, O'Hara, that's right. And Penelope Ann Miller plays Joyce, the, the teacher, teacher who becomes his love interest. Yeah. Uh, the, the original... Uh, who Can you imagine it? having to shoot a romantic scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Like, I mean, Ramir Wolfcastle perfectly encapsulates what that would be like. After years of pursuing drug lord Cullen Crisp, Los Angeles police detective John Kimball finally has him on a murder charge after Crisp shot and killed an informant who gave him information regarding the whereabouts of his former wife, Rachel Myatt Crisp, and his son, Cullen Jr. Hang on, wait a minute. So Penelope Ann Miller isn't the mother of the kid. She's just a teacher. Yeah, she's the teacher. Like, there's the mother as well. Oh, yeah. She's the mum and the teacher. No, there's the mother. Oh, who's playing the mum? Rachel uh, Crisp was played by... uh, Cast, here we go. 
Uh, Rachel Crisp was played by, he says, as if he was going to find it by the time <laughs> I had finished saying that. Uh, but I She's not credited? can't find it. <laughs> All right, doesn't matter. <laughs> Although I have found this little interesting thing that Bill Murray, Patrick Swayze and Danny DeVito were all approached to play the role of John Kimball. I could see all of them playing it. Right. That could yeah. be I think Danny DeVito eventually movie. did that later on anyway with that Mark Wahlberg army film, Army right. Intelligence. You guys have never read Hamlet? It's about the little itty-bitty pig, right? <laughs> Sorry, that was my Danny DeVito exchange from um, Intelligence. Uh, all right. Uh, Kimball, accompanied by detective and former teacher Phoebe O'Hara, go undercover in Astoria, Oregon, to find Crisp's former wife, who allegedly stole millions of dollars f- from Crisp before fleeing. No. Uh, the detectives plan to offer her immunity in exchange for testifying against Crisp in court. Not diplomatic immunity. To find Crisp's former wife, O'Hara, is to act as the substitute teacher in Cullen Jr.'s oh, kindergarten right. class. But right? she gets sick or something. Unfortunately, O'Hara, who has, who is hypoglycemic, right. which is always a weird plot twist yeah. for a film, isn't it? Uh, gets a terrible, terrible case of stomach flu and falls ill at the last moment. So Kimball takes the teacher's job. Well, that makes a lot more sense, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, this That's is good sh- because it's an intense... But short round of discomfort. They've taken that character out of the scene with a legitimate reason, but they can bring her back. Unfortunately, O'Hara has AIDS. Oh, God. That's a weird... That's a horrible twist. It was a horrible (laughs) misdiagnosis by the doctor. She was dead within three weeks. (laughs) What a horrible film. (laughs) Um, Kindergarten Cop went on to gross $900 million (laughs) and is lauded as one of the funniest films of all time. That's the alternate timeline for Kindergarten Cop. Uh, the suspicious school principal, Miss Shalowski, Linda yeah. Hunt, is convinced... Oh, she's always suspicious. Little Lin- you know who little, little Linda Hunt is, don't you? You know, little lady, little old lady. Poltergeist. <laughs> always suspicious. No, not Poltergeist. Is she in Poltergeist? Uh, in one of those, right. Though. Yeah. Is it Poltergeist? She won an Oscar for The Year of Living Dangerously. She's a tiny little woman. Uh, not her real name, by the way, Linda Hunt. Lydia Susanna Hunter, her real name. Uh, she was in uh, NCIS Los Angeles, uh, Popeye, uh, The Year of Living Dangerously. Yeah, she won an Oscar for that. She, yep, she won an Oscar for that. Uh, the Postonians, June, Silverado. No, this is not going to jog anyone's memory if they don't know. Kindergarten Cop. Uh, She's like the Danny DeVito of Predaporte, <laughs> Pocahontas. No, that probably won't help. Uh, <laughs> That's a voice only, right? <laughs> Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. Um, directed by the guy who directed Kindergarten Cop. Stranger so. than fiction. Um, anyway, she's she's one of those people that you would know. If Character you actor. Uh, she was in the practice for ages. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you would know exactly who she is. But she's little. She's a little person. Yeah. Well, she's not a little person. But, but she's, she's just above little. Yeah. She'd be really tall for a little person, but she's yeah. the shortest of yeah. regular people. Caleb Daniel High. Okay. <laughs> There's a little uh, inside joke for those who listen to our podcast. Uh, all right. Uh, though he's overwhelmed at first, Kimball adapts to his new status despite having... Uh, Shut up! I believe is a scene. <laughs> no formal teaching experience or training. Using his pet ferret as a class mascot. Oh, my God. Oh, man, again. This turned a bit bloody Rolf Harris. It is isn't it? Like, I mean, the pet ferret of yeah. all things. His police training... Come on, touch my ferret. Come ...as on. a model for structure of the classes. His experience as a father. And it's a very Republican movie in some ways, isn't yeah. it? It's oh, like, yeah. Well, what you really need 
is, is a, a bloody mm, policeman in here yeah. to teach them some bloody lessons. With a gun. With a gun. <laughs> uh, so the pet ferret, his experience as a farmer and positive reinforcement, he becomes a much admired and cherished figure to Yeah, the it children. turns them into bloody Nazi youth from what I remember. As I'm like marching around in the playground true, right? and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like you bloody, bloody get someone get all get haircuts and wear uniforms and become yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's you know what? Let's do a fucking seven up series on where those kids turn out. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to say. Shooters, yeah, it's a funny yeah right now. But yeah. like in seven years when they're fucking walking into a high school in a fucking trench coat, let's <laughs> fucking tell that story as well. Michael App did. Um, all right. What happened to the kindergarten kids? <laughs> yeah, the kindergarten adults. <laughs> <laughs> Kids no more. The real kindergarten cop story. Like documentary style. <laughs> kindergarten adults. <laughs> kindergarten copper feel. More like pet ferret. Pet ferret. Um, all right. So um, in turn, Kimball begins to like his undercover job and considers changing his career. See, that's a that's a pretty amazing uh, like plot twist. He discovers the love of teaching, right? It's both got public a, service jobs, it's to got, be honest. It's kind of Cops got, and teachers, they're actually both... Yeah, serving the public. Now that you, I hear it, it's actually got elements of School of Rock in it as well. School of Rock is very similar. Like Jack Black's not a qualified teacher. He goes in there for a you know quick solution and ends up becoming good at it. I mean, really what these people are saying is we shouldn't train our teachers. No. The best teachers are untrained. Yeah, I think Maverick. that's... Maverick's from Mavericks. completely different Get a industries. Maverick in with no training. Yeah. That's who the kids' teachers should be. Yeah. Fuck these people with their fancy... And if they're armed, all the better. education... <laughs> They'll learn. I'm sure they'll make some mistakes. They'll shoot a kid. They'll finger a ferret. But eventually, the kids will learn to love them. One will kill himself after a play. Oh, hang on. I've confused, I've confused it with Goodwill. No, we did not Goodwill hunting. Uh, all right. Um, he loves his job, almost wants to be a teacher. Miss Shalowski witnesses his teaching style and assures him that though she does not agree with his methods, he gets results. She can see that he's a good teacher, uh, right? But that's but that's what it is. It's a yeah. classic, you know. Yeah, it's in bloody it's in bloody quantum, God, right? Mate, the first line, right? Classic fucking Joe Tripper. Yeah, <laughs> classic Tripper, mate. Um, Kimball becomes fond of his student Dominic's mother. Now, see again as a teacher, I don't think this is appropriate. No, and to be honest, as a cult working on a case. That's even more Probably not appropriate. Either. This is a yeah. massive betrayal. Hang on, wait a minute. He must have been actually on, ma- on Hang massive on, wait, charges. Wait, wait. John Kimball has designs on the mum. Not of the crook. Oh, a different mum. A different mum. Yeah. Penelope Ann. Love Just while he's Penelope undercover. Love he's like, maybe I could also be under the covers, yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, Dominic's mother, Joyce Palmieri, played by Penelope Ann Miller, yeah. who also works at the school. Joyce is estranged from her husband and will not speak of him. After a series of conversations with the gradually more trusting Joyce, Kimball slowly deduces that she has to be Rachel Crisp and that Dominic is Cullen Jr. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, California. It makes sense. You've got to tie it all in. There's too many, right. otherwise there's too many people around. Back in California. See, I always thought that... California. That, I always thought that that was the, the kind of the mislead, though. I can't remember the end of this film, but I always thought that he thought that she was the mother, but it turns out that she's not the mother. Right. Because no. he can't actually end up with the fucking the, crook who stole the money, can, can he? Well, yeah. He's a cop, man. Yeah, but she's... You know, it's like vampires and werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> nature's, ah. nature's enemies. No, you're right. <laughs> How they like to fuck. Is that what you're saying? How vampires and werewolves like to fuck? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> right, you know, you've cleared it up. Yeah, Fair enough. Tightly, it's a story as old as time. In fact, to be honest, pitch that next one. Yeah, criminals want to about... fuck cops, vampires want to fuck werewolves. Mate, a story about vampires fucking werewolves? We could sell that tomorrow. It's called Underworld. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Every, every idea All we have. All ideas are based on pre-existing <laughs> ideas. Totally. Welcome to Smodcast. <laughs> Oh, literally, all our ideas <laughs> yeah, yeah, are based literally. on pre-existing ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. <laughs> Getting very meta. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> back in California, a witness to informant Kurlander's murder dies after using spiked cocaine. Oh. Mm. Shit. Got to keep away from that spiked yeah, let, cocaine. Let Michael Talley know about that. Uh, provided by Crisp's mother, Eleanor. This closes the case because the prosecution has no further evidence. Okay, so now they're out of evidence. Right. They had one witness. They don't know where the fucking mum is. And now the witness is dead because of the spiked cocaine. Yeah, and the dad's on the run, right? Right. Looking okay. for her. Crisp is freed from prison. Oh, so now yeah, he's crisp. freed because there's okay. no more evidence. So now he gets freed from prison. Okay, but is the informant alive at this stage? No, they killed oh. the informant with the... The spike cocaine. Okay, but then he gets released. So he gets information from the informant and kills him. No, the informant. No, the informant. Isn't he getting information on where his wife is? The informant. No, the informant is informing on him. Oh, it's his informant. Right. So he's killing the informant so he can get out of jail. He can't inform. And now he's out of prison. So and he knows where his wife is. Well, I guess so. Right. Well, isn't she? Maybe the mum knows. I think. Okay. All right. Chris and Eleanor arrive in town and begin looking for Dominic. So they so they must know the gist. Crisp starts a fire in the school library in order to get his son and holds him hostage after being discovered. Uh-huh. Luckily, Kimball's uh, ferret bites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just where you lost the studio. Like they're sitting on the edge of their seat with this pitch, Ivan Reitman, Ivan, Ivan Wilson. And then that's when you just lost him. The ferret? Bites him on the what? Hey, are the ferrets back? <laughs> I mean, we were happy for We'll get now. Billy Crystal as the ferret. Ferret. To voice the ferret. <laughs> Pat Oswald said he'll do the voice of the ferret. <laughs> bites him on the what? <laughs> Luckily, Kimball's ferret bite, bites Crisp. On the dick? Balls. On the dick. On the dick? On the penis, it says. Quantum cop stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to five you, but you're too far away. Also, I made that up. Ah! Not on the dick. Ah, that'd be amazing. No. Ivan Reitman is a genius that you are not, Charlie. (laughs) And he made it on the neck. All right. And then uh, a werewolf tried to fuck the ferret because it thought it was a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. The end of the movie. Weird pitch, Ivan, but I loved it up until that point. You sure we got Things got a bit weird when the ferret came back. Yeah. Why is it so much about the ferret? (laughs) Hang on. Is this, is this whole movie called Kimball's Ferret? Is this <laughs> actually a movie? Kimball's Ferret? Told from the perspective of the ferret. You know what's funny is I wrote down kindergarten adults because I wanted to remind Mike uh, myself to remind Mike how what to call this show. But Kimball's Ferret. Kimball's Ferret. Mate. Is on the list. Kimball's Ferret. <laughs> That's what the film should be called. Kimball's Ferret. Kimball's Ferret. All about the ferret man, you missed the whole. It totally thing. is. I actually have no memory of the ferret playing such a vital part in the plot of Kindergarten. Cop. This Wikipedia entry was written by the ferret's owner. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like really good. And then the ferret. Well, fuck. I would like to know in if there was more of a synopsis for Kindergarten Cop too. Does the ferret? I mean, you've got to explain why the ferret is or isn't there. Maybe you want it's the like ferret indi- back. Like well, the- in, in Independence Day, right? 
two, yeah. Will Smith isn't in it, but his son is a fighter pilot whose father died in combat or whatever. So you could have a B storyline with the ferret is actually not the ferret from the first one because they only live to be five years older. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But he's the great grandson of, of the that, original of the ferret. original ferret that saved the day is a legend amongst well the maybe ferret the community. ferret stayed at the school yeah and then the ferrets like oh they started a community this yeah. is where we'll build our home right and so his grandfather is actually like uh, like uh, Jebediah Springfield like right. he founded <laughs> so when this new cop comes in he's like oh hang on there's this dude trying to muscle into my territory but then there's like a they, territory that's what they call it <laughs> That's what the ferrets call it. This is our ferretry. And so there is this kind of standoff, but they, 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 they sort of rub each other up the wrong way, but then there's like a sort of a, a kind of begrudging respect, Tango and Cash style. They both respect that, you know, they both want what's best for the school and the ferret uses his connections. <laughs> the boy's still... <laughs> I'm sorry. I looked over at you and you actually seemed absorbed by what I was saying. I was. <laughs> Like, I want to see more of this ferret. I want to see ferret Bueller's day off. <laughs> I reckon you could do a whole series on the ferret. He's like yeah. the Don Corleone, the Don Ferrioni. Well, he's, well, I think he's the consistent. He's the constant. The ferret is the thing. Like, Kimbo's it's like, ferret. You tell it from the... Like, it's always the one thing is like, you can tell different stories, but the ferret is always in it. Yeah. Like, the one thing that's consistent to all the things is like the ferret. Kimball's ferret. Right. It's Kimball's a theory. Ferret. We call it Kimball's ferret. Yeah. <laughs> This is just his place, Kimball's Ferret. <laughs> I love it. Hey, let's wrap it up because okay. um, uh, I've got All to go. Right. Oh, we've only got one more paragraph oh. of the synopsis. Okay, sure. So we can't we can't end on such a cliffhanger because <laughs> how will people know how kindergarten comments? <laughs> Thank God. That's what this show has become is we read synopsis of 30-year-old films to people who could easily look them up themselves in like an eighth of the time. Uh, Kimball's ferret <laughs> bites Crisp on the neck, yeah. allowing Dominic to run free. So really, he he attacks. I mean, the ferret is the hero of this movie. Yeah. The ferret takes down the gangster so the kid can escape. Yeah. The fucking ferret. There better be a scene at the end of this after the credits that I haven't seen where a ferret gets a fucking a medal. medal. <laughs> Like fucking war dogs and yeah. shit. Like dolphins that put bombs on fucking submarines. All fucking war dogs. They should get a fucking medal. Uh, Kimball's ferret. Uh, Crisp shoots Kimball in the leg. Hmm. Then Kimball fatally shoots Crisp. Yeah, right. So Alan- that's, a, that's a kid's film, but there's, I remember blood in it and thinking, oh, that's a bit full on. Eleanor, who's the mum, yeah. the, not the, the mum mum, discovers her dead son, but is knocked unconscious with a baseball bat by O'Hara before she can shoot Kimball. Eleanor is arrested while the unconscious Kimball, much to the sadness of the children, is hospitalized. So here's the fucking thing. Kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger, the fucking action hero, gets knocked out and is unconscious when it all fucking goes down. And the ferret saves the day. Ferret's conscious, mate. Yeah. Ferret fucking saved the day. Where's the fucking ferret's prey? Yeah. Kimball's. Fuck Kimball. It's Kimball's ferret. You know man. who could turn learn some fucking lessons? Those children, teach those kids some lessons. That fucking ferret. Yeah. Wait, the ferret, the headmaster. Yeah. Well, no, he should be the start of kindergarten cop too. Sorry, Dolph. But Kimball's ferret should be taking center stage. The people's ferret. <laughs> <laughs> Rejected Hamish and Andy ideas. <laughs> Once again, ten years too late. <laughs> At least we're in the, within the fucking decade. If we decade. were in the meeting. Hey, guys, yeah. we got this idea. <laughs> you, you get this ferret. 
And you take it to ferret races. You're like, what about a greyhound? Yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, is better. That, that's much better. That is better. All right. <laughs> we'll just do our imaginary radio show. No one pays us well. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Eleanor is arrested while the unconscious Kimball, much to the sadness of the children, is hospitalized. During Kimball's recovery, O'Hara and her uh, chef fiancé, Bob Nelson, what? announce their marriage, okay. inviting him to attend. After Kimball recovers, he decides to retire from the police force uh. and return to teaching at the school where he visits and receives a kiss from Joyce in front of all the kids. Ah. Uh, that's she's a beautiful like, story. Where's is that a ferret? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not a ferret. It's not a ferret. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to wind it up yeah. now and uh, let you know that we have a Patreon page that you can go to. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash TOFOP. Um, basically, it's a, uh, a crowdfunding page. Um, you go there and you can donate any amount that you like from a dollar up to Will. A billion dollars. A billion dollars. I think that's the limit on it. Um, <laughs> um, here's the thing. We offer a different level. So if you... Okay, so there's, there's been incentives. Like, there's a whole bunch of our podcasts. If you want to listen to all of them, there's Willosophy, there's Two Guys, One Cup, our AFL podcast. Charlie's um, has, that's awesome. Um, there's some great episodes of that that I definitely recommend you go and listen to. There's all these like podcasts. There's Fofop as well. There's over 500 hours of essentially free shit. Yeah. So if you would like, it, and it will remain free, and we're trying to, like, we would love for it always to kind of be free to people to listen to all of it. So... We don't put ads on the podcast and we've been trying to like, you know, so we need some money to kind of grow it and kind of keep doing everything. So we have this Patreon page. Yeah. So if you have like a dollar a month and you think like it's worth it for that, like if you want to contribute a dollar, we really appreciate I that. I think the only stipulation is you can't donate less than a dollar. So if you think we're worth less than a dollar. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> like, but there are... You don't le- think we're worth zero. But about 20 cents. There are layers there. There yeah. are layers in the uh, Patreon. So there are different reward levels and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, um, the money goes back in the podcast. So, for example, we're going to the LA Podcast Festival. We have to buy some plane tickets and stuff to be able to make that happen. So, yeah. you know, the money goes to that. Or paying Mike Cal, our producer. Or yeah. uh, I had all my equipment stolen. So we're going to have to buy some new equipment. Yeah, and- my um, uh, goldfish high-heeled uh, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie has goldfish high heel shoes that he wears for the podcast. Did you see me putting them up on the desk? Fuck, did you hear Charlie took that money they got from Patreon and bought goldfish high heeled shoes? Will has eight ferrets. (laughs) (laughs) Really weird. He's training them. I mean, I want to. He's making a version of like kindergarten cop, but it's entirely ferrets. I mean, I kind of feel like ripped off, but by the same token, they're making some really interesting podcasts now. I'm enjoying the podcast, so I guess if they want a ferret coat... And some goldfish high heel shoes. Fine, I mean, let them fucking live a little, you know? Come on. Uh, okay, yeah, so you can contribute to that. You can uh, sign up, put some money in. Or another way to do it is uh, we're, when we're at the LA Podcast Festival, if you can't make it to the festival, but mm. you want to watch the live stream, if you watch the live stream, you get to watch every single show that they have during the festival. You have three weeks afterwards, so you don't have to watch them all live. You can... yeah. You can, archive them. You can archive them and you can watch all the shows. And I pay for it myself every year because I think it's brilliant. You get yeah. to watch all these shows and like be introduced to new shows. And it's such a great vibe, that festival. You get mm. to see people from podcasts you love on other podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. So 
Um, if you sign up to the live stream, it's 25 bucks. Now, it's 25 American dollars. So at the moment, that's like over 30 Australian dollars. But if you uh, use the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, uh, then you will get five bucks off. So it's 20 bucks American. So it's getting a bit more reasonable. And we get some money out of that as well. So yeah. if you could do that, that also kind of gets us invited back to the festival. The fact that you guys have been so supportive and that you do watch the live stream. Oh, so it's you- not um, how well do you know, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really don't feel like it's that 80-seat room that we pack out every year that is inviting us from the other side of the world back to the festival. I feel like yeah, it's, it's you guys supporting us. So thank you very much yeah. for that. And so we all obviously try to offer ways that you can support us in ways that are hopefully also of value to you. There is a brilliant James Fosdyke comic book strip that oh, comes yeah. out. And it's... Uh, so uh, we should mention, we've changed all the art. Foz has done uh, brand new art for us for yeah. the... Uh, and it's you know amazing as usual. So yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, brand new logo. I love the new logo. New logo. Yeah. New art. It, I mean, the whole thing's fantastic. And uh, he's doing. Uh, yeah, we a- just went to the salon. We got a bit of a spruce up. It's he- not a complete overhaul. We didn't go into the knife, but we got a bit of a spruce up. And we uh, had our roots done. And uh, I think we have more than our roots done. We maybe had our boobs done as oh, well. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, we went to Thailand for three weeks. Yeah, for a whole day. Chesty. Came back with uh, mm, anyway. some tits. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, I was in Thailand. No, 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 I've just, I've just lost weight. I've just lost weight. Just no, I just lost weight. weight. Yeah. No, my boobs are higher. You have 40 double D boobs, Charlie. <laughs> and nine teeth. And you're not meant to have breasts. used to have. <laughs> nine extra teeth. Chompers. Chompers. The new chompers. <laughs> A lot of cross-references. That's because we've recorded our two podcasts back-to-back. Yeah. Um. So, uh. yeah, anyway, that's been a long-winded explanation. But the James Fosdyke level is brilliant because you get this regular comic book strip that is, uh, like, based on the podcast. And yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So I just recommend for that alone that if you have the money and you, you want to get something that's really quality and also help support us, that is a really good way to do it. James is doing a new poster for the podcast festival as well that we will have on sale yeah. over there and we'll sign those and all those sort of things as well, now, well so, let's put it this way if you don't give us the money we'll keep doing it <laughs> yeah I mean, so, we're gonna keep doing it anyway so, so we're gonna keep doing it it's not so, much of a hard sell to no. be honest yeah like, look we're gonna keep doing it regardless but uh you know uh be enable us become yeah. our enablers pay for our mistakes yeah i'm charlie gloss oh, well anderson Detective Joe Tripper was a good cop with a bad attitude. Destruction of property? Excessive force? What am I supposed to tell the DA? Tell him you're welcome. Recruited into a top-secret government program, he must go back in time and stop the most notorious crimes in history. Before they happen. Temporal access initiated. Good luck, detective. We're all counting on you. Story of my life. Oh, what are you doing? I gotta be naked to travel through time, right? (laughs) Blast you, Neil. Would you stop telling them all that? Okay, let's go. Time is running out. On the contrary, detective. (laughs) I think you'll find where you're going, that time is running in. That makes no sense. Detective Tripper is in the time stream. What's wrong? It's becoming unstable. We're losing him. What the hell is going on? Now, trapped in shifting timelines, Joe has no choice but to complete his mission. 
guided from the present by the voice of Dr. Suki Blair. We're gonna get you home, Joe. Sounds great, lady. But first, I gotta find the Zodiac Killer. How are you gonna do that? By using some old-fashioned detective work. And assuming that everyone is a Zodiac Killer. Um... Are you the Zodiac Killer? What? Maybe a punch in the nuts will refresh your memory. Jesus, who are you? Joe Tripper is Quantum Cup. Suki, what's going on? I'm inside a theater with a bunch of stiffs in suits. You're in the Ford Theater, Washington, D.C., April 14, 1865. That's supposed to mean something to me? Step aside, Yankee. Joe, that was John Wilkes Booth. He's on his way to shoot Lincoln. Story of my life. Now, where is that goddamn waiter with my snacks? Hush now with that cussing, Abe. It's not very presidential. Four score and seven years ago, I gave my order. Now where the fuck is my popcorn? Wait, you're not the waiter. No, I'm John Wilkes Booth. Six Semper Tyrannosus. Tyrannus. Tyrannus. Tyrannosaurus. I hope that's Latin for take me to jail. Uh -huh. Unhand me, Yankee. Don't worry, Mr. President. I got this. Abe. Jesus, rim-jobbing Christ, he shot my dick off. Get the president to a hospital. Find his dick. Make sure you don't leave without the president's dick. That rat has it in its mouth. Quick, after it. Well, Suki, give me some good news. Congratulations, Joe. You've created a new timeline in which Lincoln goes on to ensure world peace for centuries to come. And he had a new penis made out of brass and oak. Too bad I won't be around to see it. The centuries of peace or the penis? The peace. Sure, yeah, whatever. Prepare for temporal displacement, detective. Story of my life. Oh, I get it now. That's a catchphrase, isn't it? Let me try one. How about... And she's cut off by the end of credits. Put that in there, Mike Al. <laughs>